welcome back to the wild podcast and thank you so much for bearing with me it's been 11 weeks since i started quarantine and i took a little break from recording as i tried to adapt to this new life i'm sure you're all doing your bit to stay safe and adjust and i truly hope everyone listening is doing well we hear about fitness fads trends meal plans strength training cardio training low carbs or calorie deficit Health goals can get really overwhelming very quickly. On this episode, I got to sit down with a lovely friend of mine, Laura Dorgan, who also happens to be a personal trainer here in New York. Laura trains men and women all over the world to reach their own health goals, whatever that might be. Building strength, mobility, gaining weight, losing weight. Laura will also be the first person to tell you that she has an app. She has hundreds of exercises, meal plans, recipes, and so much more. She has thousands of Instagram followers following her journey here in New York as she shares an insight to what exercise and food looks like for a personal trainer, along with her struggles with endometriosis. Laura joined me on the podcast to talk about some fitness and nutrition myths and the biggest and best muscle that we all need to exercise. It's of course the brain. Each and every one of us has a unique goal for our body, even if that goal is just maintenance. For some, the health journey means so much more, and in many cases, it can be a huge wall to tackle. Join Laura and I in our real chat about the health journey and take a look inside what a program with Laura might look like. <laughs> um, so thank you, first of all, for coming on. Um, I know that you're always busy. You're always up late nights working, and uh, I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time out to to come on and chat and uh, to share all your insights and expert advice. No, um, I'm only delighted to, delighted to. And is this your is this your first podcast? Or have you been on? It actually, is. I know you've been on the radio a lot. <laughs> it actually is my first podcast, funnily enough. So, um, yeah, radio and stuff. I've been on numerous times, but I, I've never been on a podcast. So delighted to be on yours. No problem talking anyway. <laughs> no, no further. Um, so Laura, you are have been working in the fitness industry for years and you have your own app that you're teaching girls how to exercise and take care of themselves and reach their fitness goals from all across the world because the app allows you mm-hmm. to do that. And I'm sure now is the best time for people to kind of get on board and you're probably seeing an increase in people being concerned about their fitness routines and everything else. Tell us a little bit about what you do Um and what it is that you kind of your kind of competitive edge, considering that the industry is quite saturated. Well, yeah, the industry is, especially I think um, in the last year or two more than ever, um, with fitness in particular, has become saturated. Um, I do try and how I try and differ myself to a lot of other um, personal trainers, as such, is I try and use mental health which I think has a huge role to play in fitness um along with obviously the type of fitness that they want to do so I mean you have somebody who wants to gain gain strength who has a a knee problem or has to uh, correct that you have someone who wants to lose weight which is is the main trending thing a lot of the time um so I try and and every one of these aspects has a mental health situation around it yeah um you know, I mean, if a person is injured because of a knee, they're mentally fed up and they're exhausted and they're exhausted from carrying the strain of the pain and the strain of wanting to look and feel good, the strain of wanting to have confidence and be proud of themselves. And then they're trying to battle their head. So there's 
the main groundwork I always think has to be done with your mind. And if your mindset is done correctly, that sounds awful. I don't mean your mindset is done correctly, but like I always try and portray that your mind is your most powerful tool and it's the strongest muscle that you have. And if that muscle is pumping away the way we want it to work in order to get through our daily life and our daily routine, everything else kind of falls into place and we can achieve our goals much better that way. So how do you encourage your clients to kind of, to get a bit more level-headed or to kind of understand mental um, mental health? Well, a lot, when I do get inquiries that come in, it, hi, okay, you, you can get the basic one. Hi, I'm looking to lose 10 pounds. Hi, I'm looking to lose this. But majority of the time is, hi, Laura, I had a baby and I just don't have time to do this. I find it very difficult to find time to do this. I find it very difficult to do A, B, C, and D, and then I have no time to exercise and it's time to go to bed. Let's take this one as a typical scenario, especially for women as well. So this can be a typical example of a of a mother working nine to five, or mother not working at all and w- running a house all along, which is also a very tough job to do. And then they're trying to fit in their exercise. But I think that a lot of it is becoming the stress of it is that they're looking fix, fixating themselves on other bodies that they see online and they see on social media. And they think that they need to look like this at a certain way and how come they can all do it and I can't do it. But I always try to remind them when they do message me and they think I, ha- I can't work out five times a week. That's fine. You do not have to work out five times a week. Those who can, fantastic. Those who can't, that's all right too. I try and make them think that they're not alone now, I don't have any children myself, but they're not alone in that situation. There's other women in the same boat as them who don't have the time or who yeah. are working or their husband is on shift work or their partner, whatever. And they haven't got time to do this. But I always try to make think that they're not alone. And if you do three workouts a week, fantastic. Well done. High five to you. If they're 15 minutes, that's a huge achievement for you from the person who couldn't do anything last week. Look at you. Well done to you. We're so proud you did two workouts this week. And don't look at anybody else. They're not living in your shoes or they don't have three kids running around the house. You know, they like everyone's life is so different and they think yeah. that because on social media and stuff I think that's even though social media is fantastic I think it has an awful role to play sometimes in the mindset of fitness you know yeah so you're basically taking each person as on a case-by-case basis and you're kind of saying right well 15 minutes you know for three days in a row is a big deal for one person but the, this other person can do you know an hour or can this do four it. or five hours a week. Exactly. I mean, take you, for example, like you, you, you could do an hour a day, five times a week, easily. No problem. Yeah. Cause you have the time to do it. You're not, just yeah. in the, not in the coronavirus world, but in the the real world, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have, you have time to do that. I have time to do that. Um, but I get up super early to try and do it. But some days I, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't feeling well either. And then you have a lot of women who were like, oh, I, I couldn't do it this week because, you know, I, I had my period and it was a bad week for me and mentally and, and all this. And that's a lot to take into. And people think because they have a period that they need to battle through it or whatever and their timing wasn't right. They couldn't lift heavy or they had no energy to get off the couch. That is totally fine. Your body is exhausted. Like yeah. there's one week in the month where your body is just like, please stop, give me a break. And yeah. you have to listen to it. So that so one of the questions I did want to ask, and I, this is kind of like a personal question, but what are the signs of like taking putting mental health aside and kind of just talking about the body um subjectively, what are mm-hmm. the signs of 
like fatigue, like actual fatigue and like tiredness that you have done too much for your body? Is that a legit question? Because I, yeah, I yeah, always I think that. see what you mean. Like, um, you, I know now yeah, I broadcasted, but I recently started running. <laughs> so, and the only reason why I've known, you see, I kind of fell into the whole gym routine. So I never really found myself. I used kind of the same thing in and out. I knew what I was doing, but now new, running is new to me. So I'm starting to get tired a lot faster now. The same as if you were to take on a program with me, it's going to be new to you. So you're going to get tired fairly fast because it's a shock to the body. Yeah. So when your body is tired or goes into exhaustion, you'll find yourself hungry and you'll want to eat much more. Like you'll find yourself picking more. You'll find yourself, oh my God, I can't get out of the bed this morning. Why? You'll also find yourself in bed at night or in the morning and you feel as if your legs are moving and they're not. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you kind of feel a bit of a twinge going on as if, God, I can feel my muscles are, ex- they're actually in the bed and they're like lead, but yet they still feel like they're moving. Pure sign of exhaustion. There's a lot of lactic acid built up there if that's the case and plenty of stretching we need to do to release that, to release the tiredness amongst the muscle groups, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, I know mental health is a big thing and I, I totally appreciate that. I love how we kind of started with that, um, from, from the perspective of kind of tackling, you know, a person's fitness levels, but let's talk about the body, um, and some kind of fitness, fun fitness myths that's, that are out there. Mm -hmm. What kind of trends do you see amongst, um, your clients or in the fitness industry, that you just like is there any specific trends whether they're nutrition or fitness that are just ridiculous <laughs> oh god um it's fine I mean if you pin I can't think off the top of my head but usually now I'd hear something like oh oh um the scales is huge okay okay women especially. now don't get me wrong I'm the same I still continue to stand it and nearly hop it off the wall every so often because <laughs> same thing I mean the scales is another one. Um, and I think it's all to do with um, the Weight Watchers days and all that years ago, you know, with losing pounds and stuff. But like people have to think if they're now, like strength has become the new, strong is the new skinnies, they say. Yeah. And that's the new kind of quote that they've been using in the last couple of years. And it's it's true, you have a healthier look about you, you know. So you're gaining muscle, if that's the case. And you're, you're shedding fat, yet gaining muscles. So therefore, muscle will, that's another myth in itself. Muscle weighs heavier than fat. Nah, nah, nah. What give and take from it. I personally, from my standpoint, do believe that muscle does weigh heavier than fat. Some people will disagree with that. I think it's true. Um, for example, take me. That, um, I not scientifically. Huh? Is that not scientifically proven though that muscle weighs heavier than fat? It's a, it's. A, I think it. I actually don't quote me that. I actually never looked at it properly because I was more. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. If I'm being honest, but. Then if you Google other things, they'll say it's a myth. So, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. But like, even me, for example, now, um, over the last couple of months, uh, due to personal reasons, I didn't exercise a huge amount for two, for about two months, December, January kind of a way. And I always would kind of come in around 63, 64 kgs. And I went down to 61 kgs because I wasn't lifting weights and I wasn't going to the gym as often as I would have been doing. Um, and I lost weight. And then... I started as I got better myself and came back around and I went back to the gym and next thing my weight has now gone up to 63.5 kgs again I actually only checked it this morning so I do believe in that because I'm lifting weights now again you know yeah. so but my clothes are looser on me so right, that's, yeah. that's, that's the other myth of it but then going back to the scales as in you'd have a woman who would weigh themselves and they're I don't know 
140 pounds let's say then next week they're 135 and then they get their period and they're 137 oh my god how am I up two pounds I don't know what's going on I've been great all week and I've exercised everything I can't understand this so then my first question always is are you due your period are you due it or do you have it yeah and usually if they're due it they will hold water retention prior to that which will gain weight on the scales um and that's everything and then they'll deflate again as you will know a couple of days later but like there's a lot of that in it too so I always try and, and and get across to women with that scales is because um you have women who suffer from endless womb conditions hormone conditions all these bloody things that go on that none of us women like aside of your period right so like you get your period one week, that's water retention, that's hormones. You want to eat the legs off the table. Sometimes you <laughs> eat the legs off the bloody table and it's the only way to survive or you will be done for murder and one of the family members or something like that. And then the following week, another thing hits. It could be, some women are, I hate to say this in a, in a weird way, but not look at they've only a period, but like if they have a period, but then you have, you have another problem, you yeah, know. That, on top of that. On top of your period that you're like, Fuck this, I can't do it, I just can't do it. And they end up having a chocolate bar. All right, so what? Like you had a chocolate bar, that's fine, but don't blame that on the scales. Your body's holding water, your womb could be swelling. You you know, you just there's so much going on that you can't. And then I say, Okay, have you taken your body measurements like with the tape? Yeah, I haven't. It's weird because they're down five inches. That's why. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's, there's there's a lot of different things. The scales is really just your gravitational pull towards earth <laughs> it's not actually totally. and it's an awful mindset for women to have is that bloody scales you know I mean even this morning you know, I stood on it and I knew full well because I'm mid-cycle of mine and I knew full well by sighting on it it was going to be bad news what did I do I stood on it and I was like a lunatic for the morning like why yeah. I don't know I just drew it yeah. on myself <laughs> so do so do you go would you encourage people to do measurements although they're not kind of accurate or they're kind of hard to make accurate would you encourage more people to go by measurements as opposed to the scales yes. or is it kind of it's like you know you're measuring it's like measuring a football field it's like you're you're better off measuring the the full length of it than measuring portions of it so it's kind of like with the weight it's probably like over a longer period of time if weight is your goal yeah losing or gaining it's probably over a longer period of time tells a better story than yesterday today and tomorrow and the next day like, this is it I mean like you you can go yeah you can go by your clothes as well you know I've often everyone has that pair of jeans everyone has that top that their arms can fit in without the bulge everyone can fit in without sitting down if you haven't opened the top button on the jean you know like kind of thing yeah everyone has that but then again their weight like as I say, I'm back up to my normal weight now and I'm sliding into my clothes. But yeah. I wasn't prior to that because I'd lost muscle but gained body fat, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I was eating all around me and I'm not using my muscle to do so. But then you have people who are genuinely overweight and they rely on the scales because, you know, <laughs> excuse me, the body fat measurements won't be accurate for them. As you say, they do move every week. You know, you're not always going to, more or less, you'll hit roughly around the same point. But definitely go by your clothes and until you get to the point where you're comfortable um, with trying maybe maintaining the weight or you might just lose another three or four pounds onto that and go back to maintain the weight, that kind of thing is when you yeah. should kind of go by the tape, the measuring tape. 
Yeah. So um, another question for you, what what do you kind of say to people, to your clients who don't like working out? Do you get that a lot? <laughs> Can I go into that group? Am I joking? I mean, yeah. So you don't, you have people who don't work, like, let's be honest. I, you don't, you have people who absolutely despise it completely, but then you'd be like, or like, but I don't mind going for a jog, but I don't mind playing tennis, but I don't mind, um, something, I don't know, camogie or something like that. Okay. But they're, that's exercise. They think because they're not training for a marathon or they're not squatting 200 pounds that it's not exercise, you know, yeah. like you should always go to what you like doing so that you will stick with it. Because if you start something like, I don't know, let's say kickboxing, and you were told you were going to burn 700 calories in this workout and it's the best thing for you, but you absolutely are allergic to the whole thought of going in that door from the night before, going to bed, getting up and going in there, what is the point in destroying your soul into doing kickboxing, you know? Um, when you could probably just go down the road and play a game of squash or tennis, and that's what you enjoy doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I appreciate that because there is a lot of kind of it's it's, you know, oh, you're not into fitness. You're not in the gym lifting weights. You're not kind of, you know, as you said, out running a marathon. But there's other mm-hmm. things to that. And that's one thing cause when I lost a bunch of weight, like a lot of people I were like, you know, I don't like to run or I don't like to go. To, I don't like the gym was a huge thing. And I would yeah. say, well, just don't go. Go to Zumba class. Go Absolutely. to Irish, do yeah. Irish dancing, do ballet, do whatever you feel like. Do swimming, whatever you feel like doing. It's it's definitely so true. Or what I also notice is that you have people like, um, yeah, but I don't really work out. I'm like, at all. And they're like, no, I just do Pilates. And I'm like, would you enjoy it? And like, yeah, I'm like, that's exercise. Like, and <laughs> yeah, Pilates is an actual exercise class. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. do you really think so? I'm like, yeah, you can get fantastic results from Pilates. I personally don't do it myself. Um, it's just I haven't got the time for it. I'd love to do it, but fantastic if you do it and you enjoy it, great. They shouldn't doubt that that it's not a, a an exercise. Your body is moving, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm I've what I've heard is Pilates is super tough, so I wanna super try tough. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the so moving on to kind of nutrition or moving into nutrition, should I say, um, one of the I don't want to talk about food in a negative way um, mm-hmm. or anything. And um, I know I know from, you know, knowing you for a while that your kind of perspective and outlook on on your food and diet is to kind of be to be conscious, but to also not to restrict or not to kind of, you know, put too mm-hmm. much emphasis on a certain specific diet. Yeah. Do you see any categories that are that keep coming up say it may maybe it's sugar like people can't get rid of sugar or it's carbohydrates um in the form of bread and pasta and everything else do you see anything like that that is not a big no-no I don't want to say big no-no but it kind of saying well that's significantly going to in inhibit your results or you know it's going to make you feel lethargic I don't know because uh, again this is my personal view people could argue but I, I I I don't and going back to what you say of I try and portray um the whole balance thing work hard play hard I suppose you could say um mm-hmm. like I mean if you're go- as I try and tell all my I mean if you are following me online you follow me on Instagram you know for a fact I'm going to be having a can of Bulmers on a Friday night 100% without, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt and I will have my 
I will, well, when life resumes, will be eating out at weekend as well. You know, I do take that one day at the weekend where there's absolutely no rules will apply at all. Um, but then saying that Monday to Friday, I don't eat chicken and broccoli out of a box either. Um, because you have to live your life. You have, you have to, you have to have carbs. You have to have proteins. You have to have fats because what's going to happen when you go on holidays, um, hopefully this year <laughs> and um you i don't know let's just say you're in spain and you're on an all-inclusive holiday and you've been starving and having no carbohydrates for three months prior to go on this holiday three months in then you can't move because your body has no idea what's happened to it and then it'll blow up and then if not put on more weight because of that because it's starved for so long if you starve your body of something for so long you'll actually end up gaining weight yeah and like, think of it think of it as a car if you get into a car tomorrow morning and you didn't put fuel into the car, you're not going to get very far. So if you starve yourself, if you wake up, if you go, the last time you ate your dinner last night was at say six, seven o'clock and you don't eat, which I see a huge trend in people not eating breakfast. I, I, it baffles me. But think of it this way. If you don't eat your breakfast and you only eat your lunch or you may, I've seen people who don't eat anything until two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So they've been starving since 7 p.m. the night before. I can't do the maths, but that's hours and hours and hours of not eating. So think of your body as a car. You're not going to get very far. You're not going to get far at all. So therefore your organs will protect itself first. And then the first thing you do put into your body at two or three o'clock is going to initially be stored as fat because it go around your organs on your core. Hence why people are always concerned that I don't really eat much, but I I have a stomach that I want to get rid of. It's because it's protecting the organs. So therefore it's going to swell. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's, so that's one of the things you're after answering the question and night, it's not necessarily sugar or carbs, but it's actually skipping meals and not eating and kind of having, having that negative effect or kind of boomerang effect, I suppose you could call it. Totally. Like I had a girl last week and, and I was looking at her overview on the app and she was exercising four or five times a week. She was flying it. She was rating the, the workouts between seven to nine of hardness out of 10 of toughness. And I was like, okay, she's being challenged. She's fine. She's grand. And then the following week, she's like, look, I'm just finding it very hard. I'm, my weight isn't moving or my, my measurements, I, nothing is moving. And I'm very good at my food. And I said, look, she said, I know I'm not doing one of your nutrition plans, but I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I was like, I want to help her. Like, so I said, do me a favor, do me a favor and email me what you would eat. Let's just say Monday to Friday in a time frame. So she emailed me. And she, from what I was looking at, I put her weight height and date of birth and what she wanted to achieve into my into my own software here what I would calculate for people and it came up that she was under eating 450 calories short every single day okay wow so I messaged her and I was like okay don't mean to scare you but you're gonna have to up this it's way too low I knew it by looking at it but I just wanted to make double sure to be sure of what I would give her of let's just say if she joined the nutrition side of it and she's like okay the following week she'd lost three pounds yeah and she was like, and probably felt better as well. For felt it. better. She had her sleep, her energy. She said she was working from home. She was exhausted and she couldn't understand why she was so exhausted. And she was sleeping better, she said. And she was worrying less, you know, with obviously the COVID stress and everything right now. And um, she, she said she couldn't believe it. But that's the that's thing. It's, it's another mentality that people think they have to starve. You don't. You actually gain weight by starving. Yeah. And so, well, I mean, you'll, you'll gain it after you start eating when you're starving because you'll just it'll this retain it. everything the other side of it. so yeah. like you're in you're you're hitting for a battle regardless you know but yeah. you have to do it correctly you know you can't just say all right grand so I can go to McDonald's so and get the calories that I missed no like do it right 
<laughs> so what? So what's your thoughts on intermittent intermittent fa- intermittent fasting? I can't say fasting, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the one I'm unsure of. Um, okay. I have had clients who message me and I would on my meal plans I would do breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Um, because it's what majority of world would probably go with if they were yeah. to eat throughout their day. With intermittent fasting, I've had people saying, "Can I eat this through my time frames of eating?" Now I thought this was unusual because it has happened to not many, but I've had three or four. So the first one, I was very unsure. I was like, "Oh my god, how is this going to go?" Now I was like, "What if I, I, I can't like okay like I." I can only advise her as best I can. So I was like, look, once you kind of eat all the calories in the time frame, and it worked for her because it did it for her before. Her energy seemed fine. Her sleep seemed fine. Personally, for me, it wouldn't work at all. I just wouldn't be able to survive the day. You wouldn't like that at all? No, I'd find that very hard to get through the day now. Okay. But then it suits her, you know? And I suppose it's like going for a run. You like to go cycling. Same thing. I don't like cycling. I like running. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think I've dabbled in it, but kind of like not been consistent. Yeah. But it would be something that I would always, I would, I would easily do that. Now I'm, I could go for a long period. I just have a very low appetite and slow metabolism yeah. in general. But it's just, it's one of those things that was all the rage, and then it was, yeah. It kind of just people started pulling away at it and kind of saying, "Hmm, doesn't look to be proving any." results and and people were abusing the fact that like oh you can just eat whatever you want in that period yeah that you're in that allowed time frame yeah yeah but then like you'd have like people I don't know I've had people then saying to me in that time from then afterwards they're running to the toilet like, <laughs> but then they're running to the toilet and they've just lost everything any nutrition that they just put into them you know so there was that side of it too and then too, there was the Atkins diet there was all mad things there going on for ages yeah um, I always go back when we were like cavemen and like humans as beings like we didn't we didn't we don't come from a place where you were fasting you came from a place that you had like you know seeds and nuts or whatever that is the keto stuff and then they you know they they kill the fish in the water and they eat the fresh fish and you know that's the kind of diet that they they had like cavemen had had so I don't know yeah it's interesting um I want to go back and, and uh, ask you about the, the whole treats and quote unquote treats because, um, you know, we're not animals or dogs that need to be, you know, <laughs> given <laughs> treats. But um, you talk about your bulmers on a Friday night and whether that's one can or or, or more than that. Is, oh, there is always more. There's nobody's business. We're not going to question you on that <laughs> today. Can't stop on the one. Go on anyway. <laughs> no, I just, any advice for people who kind of, they might love a can of Bulmers, they might love a dairy milk, they might love, you know, bag of popcorn or something. Where do you pick it up and, and draw the line? Like yeah. there's the whole 80-20 rule I've heard and everything. I know everybody has this common sense, like, you know, right, one dairy milk a week is grand, one, one, two ca- one or two drinks a week is grand. But do you have any advice on kind of drawing that line Um for people when they want to say, yeah, I do want to look forward to a treat and I want to incorporate that into a balanced uh, diet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, oh, yeah, you do have that, but that's always the, the fear as well. Um, 
with people it does take this as you said going back to being like an animal it does take training <laughs> as in, you have to kind of train your control if that makes sense like your self-control to a degree right so it also comes down to the fact that okay let's say you're good monday to friday for the first week and you're like okay i'm going to have my treat now tonight i'm going to have three cans of bulmers whatever grand you with three cans of bulmers then there's always that fear the next morning feck it sure i did it last night i broke it i'm going to do it again tonight feck it it's sunday sure it's bank holiday tomorrow i'm going to do it again you know that's yeah. the mindset you're afraid of um there is that side of it um but i think from what i've seen with people is that in the first week or two let's say in a meal plan i always sit there like oh my god i'd this is a lot like, and it's a lot, it's overwhelming joining a meal plan because you're like, you're being told what to eat. You're being, you know, it's, you're being told what to do when you go shopping. You're told, you're given a shopping list, all that kind of stuff. And then you're coming home and it's a Saturday night and your movie's on, your man or your woman are sitting next to you eating a bag of popcorn and ice cream and you're staring at them. So like, I mean, that's no way to live your life either. That's not what I'm about. So if your thing is to have your three cans of bulmers or more, whatever, if your thing is to have your dairy milk and a can of Coke, fine, have your dairy milk and a can of Coke, you know? Yeah. Um, but try and not let it carry over the next day. The next day is technically a new day, so you have to start it again. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I would have my cans last night. Tonight, now we're going to go obviously because things are closed we're going to go and get a takeaway pizza and bring it back here that would be tonight and then tomorrow we'll be good again or yeah. it could be tomorrow we'll be bold and we could be good today we try and monitor that but with clients sorry i'm veering off point completely um i allow them to do that like the even though the meal plan is set for seven days i allow them to do that but then i've always noticed that like week two week three because they've seen such results in the first week they could see four to six pounds come off and then they're like oh my God, like I worked so hard. It wasn't actually that, that I started, it wasn't actually that difficult in the end. I still could have my Coke and stuff and I still lost my weight. But then next weekend, they're like, I won't have that now. I'll see now if I can get away without having that extra kind of bulmers tonight because I did so well last week. I want to see. So if they, they, they start thinking of, no, I can't, I can do it. Their mindset changes. Yeah. But then yeah. again, sometimes, again, it, it does. I know I went back to the head again, like, but it's life for some people is just so difficult. It, it, it can be so hard and some people suffer chronically with anxiety and stuff like that. And they find that's their crutch, you know? Yeah. Um, how, do, how, would, do you, how do you deal with like your mental health or is there anything that you, is important to you um, just to kind of keep yourself mentally healthy? Um. Exercise is one thing, um, but funnily enough, as I say, I went through a personal thing there a couple of months ago and usually it would be my go-to to escape and it was the furthest thing from my mind at that point. I couldn't do it. So it just goes to show that it just, exercise doesn't, it does for a lot of things, but it, it, it didn't for me that time in particular. But like um, a lot of it was, I have to kind of go into my own and deal with myself first before I can deal with anybody else. So I do kind of shut things off. Yeah. And that's okay. I had to like for a long time I felt guilty about shutting things off, like um going to a party or I've said no to weddings coming up to it because with anxiety it just got so bad. I used to be sweating the thoughts of even walking down a church. It wasn't even my wedding now, by the way. <laughs> was, yeah. And I wasn't even a family member, like it was far from a guest I was, and I'd be nervous of a crowd. And this is coming from somebody who would stand in front of room and teach a class but that's where I feel most invisible when I'm in teaching a class because that's where I'm so comfortable 
you know, yeah, like yeah. I'm always the class clown. I'm always the first one to stand in step aerobics class, a spinning class and all right, come on, let's go over. We're going three, two. And everyone thinks I'm the life of the party, but I'm actually, I don't mean this in a bad way. I mentally switch off then. Like I'm not, I'm not there because I went into, I'm gone into a different, they say Beyonce and I compare myself to Beyonce, but okay, whatever. And she goes into Sasha Fierce and she's on stage and she's not like that off stage. It's exactly the same thing. Like when yeah. I'm on, I'm on. When I'm off, I have to come off. You know, yeah. does that make sense? So you allow yourself to have that quiet time and to kind of switch off because you would 110% come off as the type of person who is just ready to rock. Like, you know, like mm. you would come up, come across very energetic very um you know you would be well able to lead a class as you said um and things like that but it's it's kind of as you said kind of coming back into your own and and uh kind of just retreating back into yourself and that's you know important yeah I as mean well. and the life is so and I wear my heart on my sleeve I know we'll tell you that like I sometimes I'm probably a bit too open but like I'm the life the soul of every party when I'm feeling it when if yeah I, and I if I'm having a grand old time but if I'm not and, and it's um and then things aren't bad and there's days that I'm like I can't even get out of the bed another thing is I actually this may sound weird but I had to learn how to say no like and the more I got stronger in saying the word no the more I felt way more confident to learn how to do with anxiety I mean it comes down as I talked to a friend yesterday and she was saying the same thing that she suffers with it also and she was saying you know it's mad like um if you let's say you asked me to go to brunch with you and the girls next weekend Today, I'm, I'm in a great mood. So I could be like, oh, so up for that. Can't wait. I don't know what to wear. It's going to be a great day. Then tomorrow, oh my God, why did I tell Stephanie I'm going to meet her next weekend? I can't do that. And then one day, be a different story. Tuesday, I would talk to myself again about something else. And my whole week would have just, and this might not happen at all. Like I could have a great week and be dying to meet Stephanie and the girls right up until next weekend. But then I could also go through a phase of talking to myself for three or four days saying, you can't go. You just can't do it. Like you just can't do it. Yeah. And then would come down to it and then I'd feel really guilty and I'd cancel last minute. So now what I've kind of learned to do is not make a decision on anything if I'm going through an anxiety patch until closer to the date because I end up freaking myself out completely. Yeah, yeah. So you've kind of noticed those behavior pat- patterns and what you have yeah. to do to cope with them and and to get yourself in the right headspace because we all need that time and I think the biggest just the biggest thing is to allow ourselves that time and to recognize it and to say you know well hang on a minute I actually need to take a few steps back and and to to chill out a little bit well I mean that's it and with anxiety you went to this mad thing of like you're great at telling yourself the most amazing imaginary stories that are real life now in your head, by the way. Yeah. And <laughs> that are coming, I'm telling you, and they are fucking full swing flying around the head. And then next thing, if you're great at making those stories, another trick that I've well have been taught to learn uh, by a life coach at home. She only told me only up to recently when I was on the phone to her and she was like, you know, you do wake up in the morning and you have a choice. You can either join the circus or you can say, I don't want to come to work today. It's totally up to you. But she said, by all means, join the circus again for another day and wear yourself out, girl, and don't get any work done and don't get any exercise done. Or you could say, nah, I'm closing that off now today and I'm going to do some exercise and get myself sorted. Or yeah. another thing she told me to imagine is that I'm on the train Cork to Dublin. And if I'm on the train, because obviously I'm from Cork, so if I'm on the train Cork to Dublin, and you know the train keeps getting faster and faster and faster, and she was kind of using that as your anxiety, and it's going bigger and it's getting bigger and it's getting bigger. You have a choice: you either keep going up towards Dublin, or you cut and you get off it. 
she goes because by the time you get to Dublin you're going to explode like and it's going to be all too much and she was like you have a choice to get off at Limerick Junction or you can just forget about it yeah yeah I know yeah it's kind of you have a choice to buy into those thoughts and and to buy into it all like you you kind of have to say no I'm not going to have anything to do with it today or you know I'm not going to let that talk kind of but that's hard too oh it's very hard yeah yeah totally yeah yeah but again it's um because it becomes so exhausting Steph you know because it it gets to the point where if you are going through that wave for so long for a week two sometimes god god it can go on for so long you're so exhausted you're like yeah I just have to get off the train you know I just can't you know yeah no it becomes stronger those waves become lessened the more you talk to yourself about getting off the train or you know slowing yourself down a bit the waves don't go on as long thankfully sometimes as they yeah kind of plan them out in your circus head and that yeah no that's true and it takes work to get to that point you know it's just consistent it's like fitness itself it's like you have to work out that muscle going back to what you said at the very start you have to work out that muscle and it's so true like it is the biggest muscle you have uh, and it's the it it has to be right like it has to be right you can't Mm. go for a run with a strained squad like you know so yeah totally um okay so I have a few more fitness questions for you um before we wrap it up um and these are kind of just ones that people might be interested in if they are already kind of taking part in some sort of fitness um so is there such thing as a plateau in a sense in of I've been doing this for weeks and oh sorry yeah 100% yes I see what you mean um sorry you lost me there so um are you kind of saying I'm doing this six seven months nothing's changing Yes. Yeah. Or, okay, so, or sorry, you've gotten to, you've, you've, you've either gained muscle, lost weight, build up strength, whatever it is you're going, you've gotten, you've gotten some of it. You've gotten to a point where you're like, Jesus, I'm after making a huge difference now. And then it just stops. It just stays consistent and it just kind of plateaus. Yep. hundred percent. So what that usually would be is that your body is now 110% knows what's coming next. So take, um, me, for example, when I lived in Cork, I was teaching spinning classes every day and I would do personal training and weights. Well, personal training, I wasn't doing any exercise, sorry. So let's say spinning every day and then I would do weights three times a week. My body knew what was coming next all the time. It mm-hmm. knew I was spinning at six o'clock. It knew I was doing it again in the morning at half past six. It knew I was going to do a strength session on a Wednesday. So I was never getting, not that you want to be stiff and sore. You don't always gain results by feeling that way. But I, sometimes you do want to have a little bit of a twinge here and there to think, oh, I actually worked that body part today. But none of that was happening for me anymore because my body knew what was coming. So I was plateauing, but I didn't have any weight to lose. I wasn't training for a competition. Um, It was doing it basically to kind of, and it was just, it suited my work schedule. It was in the motion of it. And if I change anything, it would have gone outside my work schedule. That was personally me. However, if it's someone else and they want to lose more weight than what they've already achieved and they're like, I can't break this. How am I going to make it work? You have to challenge the body in a different way. Okay. What I mean by that is if you were doing weights and spinning all the time, you now need to change that. Um, Change maybe one of them. Don't change both because the body will know what is going on. So let's say you change spinning then for um, a kickboxing class or some sort of hit workout aerobic TRX, maybe something like that. Um, but totally 
shock the body into thinking, what is she making me do now? Yeah. Okay. I know that a lot of people talk about that or um, whether it be, you know, food or fitness, that makes sense. Um, because like when I would over here, obviously I had no more spinning and I was mm-hmm. doing kickboxing then because that's where I got the job and I my body shape changed again because I started doing yeah. something different. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? How, how quickly your body adapts or changes even, and adapts. Even with the running the last couple of weeks, because I'm not and I can't go to the gym, I've noticed a change, another change again in how my body's looking. Yeah. I know it's funny. It really is. Um yeah. so when you talk about lifting weights or when people talk about lifting weights in general, do by lifting light and doing more reps or lifting heavy and doing less reps, is there there's obviously a huge difference. What is the basic way to explain um Explain yeah, this that. is something people do get confused about a lot. Um, so if you're looking for the heart rate, uh, toning, endurance side of things, um, burning calories kind of a thing, you know, at a fast rate, you keep the weight low and you keep the reps high, like 12 to 15, maybe 20. Sometimes if it's a bodyweight exercise, you could even go too far as 30. Um, that kind of a thing. Now, you the likes of what weight you would use depends on what you're used to lifting. If it was me, for example, I'd probably grab six, seven, eight kgs. If I was doing a kettlebell in a in a kind of a hit session like that, I'd probably swing a 20. But that's what people are different. Some people have never then done weights before and don't know what to do. So two, three kg might be loads. That's for like a toning side of things than to burn calories at that rate. You get the heart rate up through a workout. If you want to do a strength side of things, then you keep the reps, which is like how many times you push it mm-hmm. to about five and you should be struggling on rep three. So let's say I'm doing a bench press and the weight is very heavy. I should be kind of struggling at rep three and push for four and five, but four and by the time you, you don't want your technique to drop then either. So you don't want four and five to be completely all over the shop and your legs flying off the side of the bench and all sorts. So if you can push the last rep, you don't push the last rep, you leave it there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then if we warm up as well, you don't go straight into a strength session (laughs) with the heaviest weight you did last. No, like you do like four to five sets, which is how many times you do that round. Let's say you have four exercises, you do four rounds of that. But the first round should always be a medium weight. And then you can go up as you go along through the rest of the set. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, that does. And what, um, what would you advise your clients to deal with muscle soreness? Um, the foam roller. Like just cope with it. <laughs> oh, cope. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Just, no, just cope. Like just, just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's that side of it too. But I mean, it, it, it do, anything new to your body is going to hurt. You know, like I started kickboxing. My body was sore for about two months. I didn't know what was going on because I wasn't used to it. And then it eased off. I started running. My legs don't know what is going on. I have to foam roll them every single night um, because your body is getting used to it. But your body will just get... Now my legs are fine. And I'm sure you notice the same thing. You will be sore for anything new you start off first. You just have to try and go through the motion a little bit of it. Uh, Have baths to relax the muscle groups if you can. And even the next after the exercise obviously stretch but the next day if you're sore let's say after lifting a heavy weight session do some body weight squats and some light push-ups nothing too major get the muscles moving again if you're if you stay still and stiff and don't stretch or don't move 
or walk around like a poker, you're going to get more stiff and sore because your muscles haven't moved at all now, you know? Yeah, that's one thing that I noticed was since quarantine, I've been doing probably more running. I'm not probably as active just because of the day to day, but probably just more running in general than I was. And I'm finding like even like today I did, I ran 11 kilometers, right? And I'm sore. Yeah, like I'm I'm sore now, like, but uh, tomorrow I feel like I will feel better if I go out and run a 5k tomorrow. 100%. like I feel like I that's my pattern is like I've been doing 10 or 11 kilometers and then the next day I'll run a 5k and it won't be sore or anything else and it almost feels like it's it almost feels relaxing for my body to just yeah. get it out and to to bang it out so I always wondered like I always thought oh god if you're going to run 11k the next day should be a rest day because you need to let your muscles recuperate but it no, doesn't I always have to feel agree with that you way. know yeah yeah, like Thursday night there now, I think I did like eight fairly lively. And then I came back and I was like, oh my God, Friday, I'm actually going to die. But I think I did like, I went out and did a 3K walk and then I ended on a light jog and I felt much better after it. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm so sure. right. Your body has to keep moving, yeah. Yeah, and I was even just kind of, I've been noticing it and I said it to my mom and I was like, oh my God, like I feel so much better if I just stretch out the next day and just go for another like even if it's a three or 5k run and just to get it out in my system but I think if think to your point if you let your body go like lead and kind of walk around like a poker which I think yeah you kind of stiffen up then um it only gets worse and then the next time you go for a run you're literally running like I don't know what down the road because you're in so much pain you know yeah that's that's been me like many times I'm like (laughs) just like limping into a run (laughs) this is it and then you wonder why your knee is sore because you're compensating the pain to the other leg and all the injuries start and oh my god yeah yeah keep it moving (laughs) yep yeah well thank you so much I can't it's nearly been an hour would you believe (laughs) I'm not surprised I've been known to talk (laughs) yeah no I appreciate it and um, I know just to end it on um I know that you um, talk a bit about endometriosis on your Instagram and anybody who follows you um, might know that as well. So definitely um, this podcast part two, I definitely want to delve into that and and just bring awareness to it and and to share a journey. And and hopefully you're open to that. Oh, Um, of course. I'm going to be delighted to, yeah. Just connect with people. And, uh, you know, it's always good when you're, you hear other people's stories and you feel that reassurance that, you know, you're really not alone. So. Um, 100% yeah that's your invitation with the weight side of things as well now you know exactly yeah it's it's tough so um we'll look forward to that one perfect well thank you so much for having me I really appreciate your time thank you Laura I'll talk to you soon all right Charlie see you soon bye thank you